Hello and welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast. Bobby Darren here for 24-7 Sports. And our weekly conversation this, this time around is going to have to do with recruiting. Once again, Rutgers still number six in the nation recruiting for the class of 2022. Lots to talk about. Official visits, dead period, camps coming up. It's going to be a busy time over the uh, through the month of May, June, and, and through the summer. Um, to help me sort out all this information and this plethora of, of eventful knowledge, uh, I have the one and only Sean Brown, recruiting guru extraordinaire. Sean, how are you? Good. How you doing? That that leading you, you know, setting the bar high. I appreciate that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I felt a little Michael Buffer in me there for a minute. You know, I hear you. Um, so, <laughs> thanks for joining us. We, uh, you know, um, first let's touch on the the, the dead period. It, it ends. Um, you know, because that kind of sets everything in motion. June first, um, everything opens back up. Uh, it's been a long time coming because it was put in place last March. Um, you know, a lot of these class of twenty twenty one and twenty two kids had to go through recruiting without taking official visits, without seeing campuses, without even unofficial visits. No junior days. Um, the dead period ends. I, I, what do you expect? I mean, it, it's going to open back up. You're seeing official visits already, but. It seems like it's going to be in moderation. I asked Greg Schiano about that today, and he said, you know, he's really not sure what it's going to entail because they're working on it because some things might not, you know, be safe with with the pandemic still going on. So, I mean, what are you expecting right away uh, when this dead period ends, Sean? You know, definitely. I know, you know, we've each speaking to, we've each spoken to a lot of the the current commitments in this class and and these guys are are itching to get down to campus and spend time together in person you know so that was one thing um you know when uh, Gavin Wimsat had committed you know we happened to be at a uh, Roman Oban showcase and I, I spoke with Todd White at that moment and that was one of the things he mentioned that they spoke with all at least the local guys because it's much easier for them to get to campus to organize for them to go down and actually spend time on campus uh, spend time with the staff and actually go around and hang around the program if possible so that's you know a big thing uh, just the way those guys you know have been recruiting on their own trying to bring in additional talent into this this highly rated recruiting class. So those guys are going to get down to camp as soon as possible and and hang out and get a lay of the land. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Wimsat is talking about taking his official visit in June. Um, that we haven't seen a confirmed date for that, but he mentioned that to you when you did the the amazing series on him, uh, just profiling him last week. That they'll come oh, back. Thank you. You know, um, and um, you know, and they've already done the unofficial visit um, to campus, and you know, um, you know, you have a lot of guys that local further have talked about it. We're kind of waiting things out. Um, you know, we've obviously highlighted that DJ Allen from Indiana, a defensive line offer, and uh, Amari Evans uh, from Texas, a, a receiver offer. They're the first confirmed official visits to campus that Rutgers is going to host. And it's, it was kind of a waiting pattern for them. You know, we, we've seen with Greg Sheehan in the past, he always loved being able to get through the season and then have those December official visits, take the guys to New York City, you know, really show them, um, you know, the proximity of Rutgers to the city and, and everything that that entails. Uh, but with just the change in the recruiting rules in the past couple of years, you know, there's guys that are making decisions before the season and they want to see every school before they make a decision. So obviously we see they're, they're hosting these guys now. There's others that haven't been confirmed, but a big one, uh, Jacob Allen has has a desire to take all his official visits in June uh, and then decide, you know, soon after that, um, you know, there's so many guys that Rutgers is in with. And 
I feel like they they're not going to have a choice but to host those guys or, or you know run the risk of not being a serious player when they want to make decisions before their season starts. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's, it's I was thinking when you said you know these guys want to take all their official visits. Um, you know, I, I don't think if they're planning to do it in June that they're, they're going to take all of them because I mean it's a lot in a weekend. I, I know from going on it as a as a older chaperone so to speak through them it's it's kind of exhausting after the weekend so like three is a lot and if you're trying to squeeze five in through june and july i mean it's tough because like it's really a lot of travel and it's a lot going on i mean you sit through a lot of presentations and it, it beats you up so like i'd be surprised if a lot of these guys take them all uh, you know, in the month of June and July or, or you know, it, you know, two, three, probably. But and, and you know what happens a lot of times they, they really fall in love with a place and say, you know what, I'm not going to take the rest of the visits. But I could see scenarios where guys maybe take three and then wait till the fall and maybe take two more. Um, but I, I think a lot of the guys are really excited. I know you talk to a bunch of them. I mean, just to get out and do this recruiting thing because they haven't had a traditional uh, recruiting experience. It's kind of been unprecedented with the um, with the pandemic. Yeah, most definitely, you know, to be able to, you know, for the guys that are still open and looking around, they've been sitting on Zooms for the the past however many years. And I'm sure the colleges, it's getting exhausting for them to find different things to discuss with the prospects when they're sitting on them with Zoom, um, you know, so to be able to actually get them in person and and, and and meet them and spend time with them. Sometimes size the guys up um, and, and make sure they they're the right dimensions that they listed. Um, you know, throughout this whole um, phase of recruiting virtually. Uh, you know, so it, I think everyone's going to enjoy being together in, in some capacity for you know all these schools around the country, obviously including Rutgers. Right. And and you know June also uh, it's official visit time now with 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 these guys taking visits but it's always been um, camp time you know at times the guys go around uh, to these different camps and and you know Rutgers is is going to engage in some camps I know you've heard some stuff about that can you can you share with us uh, you know the little details on what you expect out of the Rutgers camps Yeah you know the first thing that that came about publicly from the program was return of the you know it was known as the Shiano shootout his first time around uh, but now it's uh, the Rutgers passing camp so that'll be on its usual date I think it's uh, June 26th is the Saturday it falls on it'll it'll be interesting to see how how many teams attend because you know in the past you're getting anywhere from 80 to 100 teams high school teams uh the best programs in in the northeast participating in this event uh but i'm curious if if they're going to be hosting that many teams on campus because obviously you know each team is bringing uh, a lot of players uh, with a lot of parents accompanying them uh, on multiple fields on the campus so it's it's still to be determined how that will look like at this point in time and, and how many teams but that's you know, I was really excited to see that. That's always my my favorite event of the year because that's the the lead in, you know, for the high school football season. But you get to, you get a chance to see uh, these prospects in their normal team setting. You know, we're so used to seeing them at these, uh, you know, different uh, shoe camps and, and and showcases, and then and they're working out with other top prospects. But you know, there's always a filling out period for quarterbacks when they're throwing to the receivers, unless they. They're with the guys they know that they've been training with, but it's it's good to see them in, in the closest thing to an organized football setting, uh, you know, playing multiple games a day. Uh, you get a better 
feeling for how they would fit in, in a scheme that would carry over to college. So um, it's still to be determined uh, what Rutgers will do with that. But what uh, you know, I've been hearing recently, just been asking around the state, is that uh, Rutgers will follow the lead of a lot of these other programs and having um, individual camp dates. Uh, so we, you know, uh, I think just because of uh, the, the issues that the program had had in, in you know, recently before spring camp uh, and then also uh, before the season with COVID, they were, you know, being a bit careful in how they, they were going about this uh, versus you look at other schools around the country, they're throwing out 10 camp dates they're having in June, uh, even before uh, everything was official because there were rumors that the NCA was going to end the dead period, but, but Rutgers took their time. Um, you know, I think they want to make sure they're doing this correctly uh, and they're finding the, the safest ways to uh, protect, uh, you know, not just student athletes, but obviously the coaches and the players in the program and hosting visitors on campus because they've been in, in this bubble for the most part when it's coming, you know, to be in the season. So uh, we're hearing that there will be um, individual camps, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking to hear in the near future what they'll look like. You know, we knew that in the past when Shiana was around, they had the specific big man academies just for offense and defensive alignment. And then, you know, they would have a larger camp with all skills. They would have a, a specialist camp just for the, the snappers and, and, and the kickers. Uh, so, you know, it's still be determined how those camps will look like. Uh, and then with the, the recent NCAA ruling, um, it's still to be defined. But one thing that was proposed is that, the summer camps would only be for, um, you know, 2021 and 2022 prospects, uh, which would leave out evaluations for underclassmen. Uh, so that's another thing I think that needs to be determined uh, from what I've been seeing around the country. Uh, other other schools are having camps that do include underclassmen. So if Rutgers has an opportunity, I'm sure they will follow suit. They, you know, they're almost done with this 2022 class and they want to get a better look at these uh, underclassmen that are coming up in, in the state and in their recruiting area. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out um, once it's all put together and, and, and how they actually organize it. Uh, but I, I know that I think everyone in, in the football landscape, the high school football landscape, is excited that things are seeming somewhat normal. And for colleges, we look at Rutgers, um, you know, most of the offers that have gone out recently have been mostly out of state um, in areas they recruit traditionally, but out of state. But we, we know that, you know, general rule of thumb, when you're offering a guy in state or in your, you know, your your immediate areas, um, you want to make sure if you offer those guys, if, if they want to commit right afterwards, you're willing to take that commit. So they've been really patient in offering uh, local guys in 2023 to make sure you know, that they know these guys and, and with the opportunity to actually have guys on campus for camps again, I think they want to take that opportunity to, to work these guys out, look at them, measure them, get a feel for them, and then issue some offers um, once they feel comfortable with these prospects. And, you know, it's funny you said about the New Jersey ones, they can be more discerning because they're recruiting at such a high level, they can afford to maybe branch out to on a, on a national scale. Uh, you know, I went through the other day and, and when they had 37 offers out in 2023, they have a few more now. Um, about 16 of them were um, four or five star players. And I mean, it says a lot about the type of kid they're recruiting. And, and I think you're going to see them really try to to make a move and go after a lot of these top tier guys. I mean, they'll still go after some of the Jersey guys, but it might not be as heavy as it was in, in years past. Uh, and, you know, 
faring well in the early going with some of these these four and five star guys i mean it it, it could really show a lot of promise for the future yeah i mean most definitely you know they've they like you mentioned they've taken this approach of of not issuing hundreds of offers but you know taking time and offering guys offering the guys that they they really want and thus far in in the first two uh full recruiting classes well this one's not finished of course but thus far things seem to be going well um they had a good recruiting cycle last cycle in, in 2021 so yeah you know they're going to offer the guys that they really want and you know you you hear the rumblings uh locally because uh, they're they're obviously other guys that are power five prospects that have power five offers in the state that are not getting Rutgers offers and they and everyone knows hey this this guy's too short um you know his, his wingspan is too short he he doesn't have the right height he doesn't fit the prototype that that Rutgers is, is offering um, under, I mean, Chiana was always that way, but once again, uh, in a greater extent in Chiana 2.0. Yeah. And um, I think you're really seeing it. Uh, you know, a lot of the guys are going after, you know, the long and athletic and, you know, DJ Allen's one of those guys and, and Rutgers offered him on February 22nd. I remember when they first offered, uh, he's the official visitor that's coming in from Leo, Indiana on June 4th. Um, when he first offered, he didn't have any other power five offers. He, he might've had one, but I, I, you know, it was, it was group of five in, in smaller schools. And, you know, today Michigan offered him. Uh, well, I mean, you know, when we're recording this, it'll it'll be a day later when you hear it. But, you know, Monday he gets a a Michigan offer. Um, this is a kid all of a sudden is blowing up. He's he's uh, got official visits to Iowa and Northwestern as well. And I think they did a good job of identifying talent that early. But that that shows the type of kid they're going after is these long, rangy, athletic, freaky kind of kids who have the potential to put on weight and and really excel off the edge. Uh, but I mean, they're they're going for size, you know, up and down the field, not just at the defensive end position. But um, I, I, have you seen a change, you know, in the type of kid they're recruiting, even from year one, Shiano to two? Um, you know, I think they they're just trusting their their evaluations. Um, mm-hmm. They're not as stuck on the stars as, you know, maybe the the average person that follows recruiting, um, the average fan that automatically looks at twenty four seven sports, whether it's our, our top twenty four seven or the composite ratings, and assumes that because this guy is rated this then Rutgers should automatically offer him. But no, that that's not the case. Um, you know, they're they're particular in the guys they offer. Um, you know, the, the quarterbacks typically are not smaller guys, even though you see more of a trend, more smaller guys in college and in the NFL now. Um, but you know, they're they're still offering quarterbacks with some height. You know, you, you mentioned all the the defensive linemen, the edge guys, uh, those guys have, have length. Um, they're not shorter guys at all. Uh you know, you look at at running back. You know, they're offering a lot of guys that um, you know, have the ability to also catch the football out the backfield. Uh, it's almost like they have a type of guy where they may have a traditional every down back, but they're also offering looking at a lot of dual threat guys. I mean, um, multi purpose backs that can you know you know carry it from the backfield, carry it from tailback, but have the ability to split out. You know, catch the football whether it's on swing passes or even you know running routes like a receiver. Um, you know, you look at receiver, uh, everyone, we just had that discussion on, on the round table last week. Uh, people were referencing just the, the previous Shiano era where there were, it's the twin towers and you had a bunch of the six, four, six, five guys out wide. And that was really the makeup for the most part of the receiver room. And, and now 
just with the trend in football with, with spread and, and playing in space, um, the bigger guys don't tend to be as fast. They don't tend to be as elusive and have the ability to get that same type of yards at the catch. Um, so most of the receivers they're offering are smaller guys, you know, 5'11", 6 feet, 6'1", you know, um, with with room to gain weight. Uh, but in terms of skill set, all those guys have the ability to, you know, uh, run after the catch, make a play in space, can catch a ball underneath and, 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 and break it deep. I mean, they're, they're offering a bigger guy every now and then. Um, and we talked about the roster and, and Sean Munderling you know, being signed as a tight end, but now listed as receiver uh, in the first roster. And he's a 6'5", 225-pound uh, guy now. Was signed, he was 205. But for the most part, most of the receivers are not that big uh, that they're targeting. And then look at corner especially. Uh, those guys, and I've, I've seen all the guys they offer locally, they're all at least like six feet or so. Um, they're all super long guys. They're all ranged. They all can run, all wiry types. So they, you know, they they know what they want um, in that room. They're 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 not deviating away. Like if, if they offer a prospect out of that prototype, he has to be uh, special for sure. Okay, and, and you know, this talked about the class. You know, eleven commits already. It looks like there's going to be eighteen. Um, you know, it, it could be less, could be more. Uh, do you see them able to to boost the numbers a little bit, or, or are they? You feel like they're going to be stuck on that six or seven uh, the rest of the way here towards the early signing period. You know, it, it depends where they finish up with. You know, they're obviously in play with some some really high rated guys you know if um they're doing really well with jacob allen who's a highly rated offensive lineman who grew up following the program family loves the program so you know he's a guy if they can bring his commitment that'll definitely help boost that score you know and, and there's still uh, evaluations to be done you look at a, a tight end they're doing extremely well with uh, brody foley he's he's you know not too far from that four-star status, you know, and guys are, are getting evaluated currently, you know, going to camps and they still have a full senior season to be played. Um, you know, and those aren't the only ones. I know there's guys and speaking to our, um, our regional national analyst, Brian Doan, that he really wants to get a good look at in the coming months. Um, and you know, there could be a chance he sees a guy in an event, gets a chance to verify the size and say, you know what, this guy's a player. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, we're, we're doing constant evaluations here. So what, what the fans are seeing is, is not final in their ranking. So, you know, there's a chance between, I think some players in the class that can end up getting boosted and then maybe signing some other highly rated players and you know, Moses Walker's another one. Uh, they've been um, mentioned with frequently uh, who's a four star that they get these guys in the fold. Uh, they definitely can see that score either stay where it's at or, you know, or, or boost a little bit. Right. Moses Walker, talented four-star linebacker out, out of uh, New York City. Um, and, and it looks like a fit because he can play, you know, uh, multiple linebacker spots. And, and it seems like they're only going to take two. I was in Philly on Friday to see Anthony Johnson, who is he's a middle linebacker. I mean, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. I mean, he just plays physical. He is physical. And I mean, um, it, it was nice to see those guys to be able to get out and play because, you know, the season was canceled and they had a bunch of at Newman Garetti and Philadelphia Catholic League. They had a bunch of games canceled, you know, in the spring. They only got yep. to play three games. Um, you know, head coach Albie Crosby told me they only had eight practices to, to get in. And so, I mean, you know, it was a little rusty football for everybody, but it, it was nice to see those guys on the field. And he's he's a middle linebacker through and through. I mean, that guy brings the wood. And, um, you know, he, he's, he's really, uh, he, he's really a, a physical player. So I think 
the other position, you know, when you're looking at another linebacker in the class, you'd look more towards that guy who can play, uh, you know, that outside spot and, and really, you know, move around and, and be versatile because you have that mic. No, most definitely. And, you know, there, there's obviously been discussion quite a bit on our board with the the recent transfer additions um, in, in the backfield, uh, the defensive backfield. And is, mm-hmm. you know, what's Rucker going to do? Are they going to play more five defensive backs, which likely you're taking a linebacker off the field? Uh, mm-hmm. So you you may want an athletic guy like Walker um, or, you know, Mo Torre uh, and, on the current roster who can who can cover in space and, and, and can, you know, and do some things. So, yeah, it's uh, it's. Definitely going to be interesting to see how they close this out there. They're in the mix with a lot of good prospects. And um, I almost feel like the the dead period being lifted will slow down the prospect, the process for a few guys. Because now it's like, you know what? I was I was thinking of taking a self-guided tour. Maybe I couldn't afford to do that. Or maybe the time wasn't there. Now, you know, on this college's dime, I can go out there and, and visit and get the full experience. And, um, you know, I think prospects – like you mentioned, being pent up uh, for for a year. And so they really want to take advantage of that and they'll get a chance to make somewhat of an educated decision. Hey, good point. I, I, I think that as well. But, you know, I think one of the things that Rutgers has going for it is that Gavin Wimstead commitment. I mean, they haven't had a guy like that. And I mean, to have a four-star quarterback who's one of the tops in the nations, it just, and you know how it is when a quarterback like that commits, it just lends, um, more prestige to the class and, and more noticeability. I mean, I mean, you name it, it's kind of like, you know, it, it should help them, I think, and to close out this class really strong. Yeah. And, you know, he's, you know, although he, he's jumped in recently, he's, he's jumped in and he's also gotten involved with the recruiting. Um, you know, and I mentioned that when I spoke with well, Jacob, Jacob Allen mentioned that to me when I spoke with him last week, that he's heard from him's that uh, he's reached out to him and, and, you know, said, Hey, I need you to protect my backside. I think what I told Jacob was like, hey, you know, um, I know you're, you know, I think his mom, uh, Ms. Douglas Price, hey, I need you to keep my son upright, you know, so <laughs> make sure that, you know, you, you stay close to home and, and protect his backside and come to Rutgers. Yeah, and, you know, they – um, and, and Gavin's not uh, – you know, he, he's – He's kind of a, a laid back kid. He's he's I don't think he's going to be over the top with it, but, you know, he'll be a kid that when he speaks to them, they will listen. You know, um, everybody has told me about his leadership qualities and, 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 you know, he's kind of like he's kind of a cool customer. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I mean, think the, and, and, yeah, most definitely. Yep. I think the fans are really going to enjoy him and and what he brings to the table. And, and you know, already in recruiting, you're already seeing it. So, uh, you know, uh, this much excitement over the commitment, then, you know, the recruiting follows and then the actual arrival and the play on the field. Uh, so so these fans are uh, are, are really, you know, they, they ended a lot of suffering with 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 a lot of excitement. And, uh, you know, it's fortunate for, for the fan base that, that they really have a lot to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, it's they're definitely excited. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Gavin was surprised when he was on campus. And it's granted, um, you know, it's way quieter than what it normally is. But but people recognize him. And it's not like this visit was announced. You know, so there, mm-hmm. there are other times, obviously, we're covering these guys. And mm-hmm. we're like, hey, he's going to be on campus on February 15th. Um, this was not announced. It wasn't really publicized. Now, you know, it, the, the Rutgers fan base is, is, is a small one um, that's growing at, with the success of the program. But, you know, 
it's a passionate bunch as we see on our message board. And I'm sure Gavin saw that when he was around and, and people recognized him. You know, I didn't know if he had like an Owensboro varsity jacket or anything, but you know, um, I'm, like, like he mentioned to you, I'm sure he was shocked uh, that people recognized him in his first time standing, stepping foot in state. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had a mask on too. So, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, if, if that's the way it is when, when he's not even committed, you know, that that's a side of things to come. And I know their family is very excited about it and, you know, he's locked and loaded, ready to go. And, um, you know, with that, Sean, any final closing thoughts, uh, you know, on this, on this podcast? Yeah. You know, um, you know, I, I spoke with, uh, and we'll have this on the Tuesday scoop. So, you know, whether you hear this first or you read that, uh, but I, I exchanged some messages with a uh, wide receiver commit, another four star, uh, Marion Brown, who he'll be up this weekend. Uh, so his, he's playing with a new seven on seven squad and this squad is coming up to participate in the next level. Great seven on seven in South Jersey. Uh, shout out to Marcus Hammond, Preston Brown. And those guys uh, always host a great event. Uh, so they're coming up from Florida to participate. And, you know, uh, Marion was able to, you know, convince them to make the quick trip uh, up the turnpike and, and, and go drive around Rutgers. So he's going to get his first chance to actually see the Rutgers campus in person. And, you know, when I spoke to him earlier tonight, he mentioned he hasn't been on a plane in over a decade. So, he, you know, excited about that and, you know, excited to actually step foot in Jersey and, and see his future home. And, you know, he'll bring some of his friends with him and uh, the program, you know, he's pretty new to this program. He was playing with another seven on seven team, but I think their season ended already. He jumped on with another team, uh, but it's mostly guys from, from South Florida, which is, you know, surprisingly uh, under, under the second stint of Shiano, they haven't spent as much time in South Florida as he did previously. But uh, before the pandemic, uh, Taekwon Underwood was, was down there visiting schools. You know, he was working with the Dolphins before he came to Rutgers. Um, so he, you know, getting a lay of the land from the, the college recruiter perspective. He was getting down there before the pandemic. So um, it'll be a chance to have some prospects from that part of the state of Florida come see the campus, get familiar with it. And, you know, it's, it's the timing is, is literally, um, I think they come a day before the dead period. Oh, you know what? I'm a month ahead. So don't worry about that. So it's a month before the dead period ends. Uh, but yeah, so they'll be up and they'll get a chance to actually see the campus and who knows, there may be some new names um, that get on the Rutgers recruiting board just from them actually showing interest in being around and work, getting back to the staff that these guys took a, you know, um, a self-guided tour of the campus. All right. There you have it, Sean. Thank you for that. Uh, I think I, the only way I can encapsulate it is a wealth of, of recruiting knowledge. I appreciate it as always. And you can interact with Sean on our message board, uh, the, the round, table, round table premium message board. Sorry, I was combining it there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll be there 24-7 on 24-7 sports. So jump on. You can interact with us and uh, engage in some delightful conversation with with information as well uh john otterstead brian doan are always there as well so uh next time uh, bobby darren we'll see you on the next edition of the scarlet nation podcast <laughs>